Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as 10 o'clock, good gosh, I've got something to do. Here to provide analysis for that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling great. Um, 10 o'clock is always a good time to do do something, whether it's in the morning or at night. Uh, could be a party. I'm big on parties. Do you remember this line at all, or not particularly? I do not. We've been doing so much stuff. James B., you're going to have to help me out. Yeah, well, he's he's sitting with Betty Brant. He's, it's like the, this morning he's been sitting with her all night. We'll talk about that in a little while. <laughs> and then he's like trying to get rid of her because he wants to go do Spider-Man stuff. Yes. So he looks at his he looks at his watch. He's like, oh, at 10 o'clock. Good gosh. I've got uh, something to do. That's all he says to her. Not like, I've got a meeting. I've got to go to work. Because I got something. Like, Can I go with you? <laughs> Try that sometime when people in your family, like, look at the time and say, like, oh, it's 7.30. I've got something to do. And then just walk away from them. See what they say about that. So, well, people don't know what we're talking about because we haven't talked about the book yet. And from November of 1978, Stan Lee presents The Amazing Spider-Man 186, Chaos is the Chameleon, written by Wolfman, layouts by Pollard, finishes by Esposito. We start with a bystander trapped on the ledge of a burning high-rise. The reporter below sees Spidey, and although Jonah hopes for a Spidey mishap, Spider-Man safely gets the man to the ground. There, the bystander insinuates Spider-Man shouldn't have helped him, and the police say the DA wants to talk to Spider-Man. Spidey webs off, which gives Jameson the chance to ridicule him about running from the police. But Jameson's joy is short-lived when he gets a curious letter sending him into a fit. He stomps off and we see the bystander Spidey saved earlier transform into... The Chameleon. What was the Chameleon's plan here? He's he's on a building ledge in a burning building? Yeah, his plan apparently was to die. <laughs> Look, if the goal was to have some action and show the Chameleon... Um, look no further than when the chameleon used to cause trouble and then change into a first responder to elude it. That That's his old MO, right? True. Okay, so this adds shock value, but all the readers over the age of 10 are probably wondering what we are. Like, why is the chameleon standing there waiting to be saved and then doesn't want to be saved? I can't, I can't, I got nothing. At one point, it seems like Spider-Man's got him too. And he like, I think he like purposely just throws himself off the side of the building and thankfully, Spider-Man saves him for the sake of the chameleon. Um, the, we, yes? I was going to say, it's, the chameleon doesn't give us any sense in the book that he's suicidal in any way, yeah. right? It, he alludes that uh, this is too early for me meeting with Spider-Man. He's followed up some mm-hmm. plan that remains oh. rather ambiguous to us. So maybe he's legitimately being trapped and then he's just annoyed that Spider-Man saves him? I don't I guess maybe I, I couldn't I even pull it. one of our, you know, our segment. The so they're saying there's a chance. I don't even, I don't even have a place to go. I don't even. If, <laughs> if anyone wants to read the Amazing Spider-Man 186 and just tell us what's going on in the beginning, record something. I'll just put it on the show. I'll I'll edit it in later. I don't even. I don't know, Eddie. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'd be great to get. Her, I'd love an explanation from a listener like that. Because the chameleon's in, he's got this new suit, right? Yeah, it's like a shape shifting suit that's all rainbow multicolored and it allows him to like change his total appearance instantaneously. He goes from like being bystander guy to 
just his normal self. No more. He no. looks like a it's like a CGI costume. Yeah, I mean th- that we would see today with the little like balls on it and stuff that would like you could film yeah. over it. But there's no explanation given. He just he's like I can just be whoever I want to be. It's super OP. I, like, yeah, I'd love to. Crazy. I'd love to know what what's going on there. But uh, we end up going back to the hospital to find out Aunt May's Medicare has run out, and Peter tells the doctor to move her to a cheaper facility. When he gets home, he's immediately distracted by Betty when she comes over to stay most of the night talking. Yeah, I think it's talking. <laughs> it is, because it's talking. They're still in the same spot. Yeah. She's all she's explaining how she's so happy to talk to him. That's when he hits her with the ten in the morning. I got I gotta do something else line. Eddie, she gets a job as Joe Robbie's secretary. That's really smart writing. It's great writing and really great for Betty, too. How much, What a much better person to work for. Hey, so we really haven't talked about why Betty's here. You mentioned last podcast, actually two podcasts ago, 137, you talked about that, you know, her and Ned, things aren't really working out. Yep. Um, they are separated. And she's yeah. Left Paris. But there's a fact that I don't think we talked about. And if you did, I apologize. I don't think. It, does Ned know they're separated? I think the answer is no. It implies that Ned doesn't even know she's like here. Ned was on an assignment and she just left. Wow. Really? Yeah, we can I, fact check that. I mean, I make mistakes. I didn't, but... I didn't get that vibe particularly. Okay. I'll that, see if that I can... would That would make sense because Peter is so apprehensive to start dating her. Like he's constantly at the end of his like thought bubbles. Like, well, she's still with Ned. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yes, you are. I'll I'll try to take a look and see if I can find the line to prove that. But you can go ahead and uh, okay. tell the listeners what else happens in this book. Uh, as Betty leaves the apartment, Spidey swings over to the DA's office and learns he has been cleared of all crimes. Incredible. Uh, Spider-Man immediately runs into a bunch of people from the press right outside the door of the DA's office, gets nervous, and runs away. He will hold a press conference later that the chameleon is looking forward to. How did the press know Spidey was going to go to the DA's office in that moment? Oh, we still have <laughs> the half-empty Eddie here playing about every little thing we can. Eddie, are we just going to pick apart these 70s Amazing Spider-Man books? These issues I are know. never going to get enough love while people like you are piling on. Can't we just assume the press is camped out waiting? It's big news. Okay, Spider-Man being cleared to be huge news. They know. They know the DA wants to talk to him, so... Uh, reporters on hand yeah they're just standing there waiting for it to happen like they could be just doing the like live at the you know blah 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 you know will spider-man arrive or not but speaking of news let me jump back as i promised i'm looking at 184 real quick you can just listen to me you don't have to go follow along uh the line says finally i this is betty talking to peter uh, two issues ago finally i couldn't take it any longer so i decided to leave peter says quote what does ned have to say about this betty says He doesn't know about this yet. Jameson has him covering some uprisings in Cyprus. Oh. Okay. He doesn't know. No. Oh, no wonder. Boy, now that makes a lot more sense why Peter is so apprehensive, because I would be too. He's not going to be happy if he's dating Betty and he doesn't even know Betty really isn't with him anymore. Wow. (laughs) That's for sure. Um Well, later at the press conference, the chameleon shows himself to Spidey as the chameleon, and Spidey attacks. 
But while he's attacking, the chameleon uses his new suit to change into an old lady. And all the people around then see Spider-Man punching an old lady. <laughs> the crowd attacks Spidey and Spidey runs off. Eddie, I thought this was so good. I can see in the notes you have nothing positive about this at all. But I... this was great. I, too, thought this was brilliant plot writing here. I mean, the chameleon is so much more dangerous now. Um, I, I have to agree. Spider-Man should have been doing the uh, Austin Powers line. That's no woman. That's a man, baby. <laughs> Pulling off the wig? No? Okay. I would have, that would have been great. Travis Bow knows what I'm talking about. Eventually, Spidey catches the chameleon, and with some help from Flash, Spidey is recognized as the hero he's always been. There you go. Yes. We end with a shadowy a shadowy figure brooding revenge against our webhead hero. So no happy ending. Hmm. Not for real, James B. I knew who the figure was, by the way. I didn't know Betty was Betty, but I knew this guy. I figured out who it was going to no, be. No, I didn't, I didn't know Betty was Betty. The figure looks similar to <laughs> someone we've seen many times. Not- uh, there's a lot of comedy that I skipped over in my summary, James B. Which comical event in this book did you most enjoy? Oh, easy. Uh, I'm going to choose when uh, he's the doorbell rings and he's, like, startled. <laughs> he has his, like, frozen barbecue chicken dinner and he says... Uh, He's like, this just isn't my millennium. And he shows, I just, because he thinks in his head, I dropped my perfectly good barbecue chicken dinner. I thought it was so funny. Stupid, but funny. How about? It's great. Yeah, because he's taking it out of the oven right there. And he gets startled. Like Spider-Man's like, ah, the doorbell. Like, oh my God. <laughs> his spider sense didn't go off. Huh? Yeah. Well, he doesn't recognize what, I left you a couple other ones. What'd you pick for your funny moment? So Jameson is like watching Spidey with the chameleon and he gets this, this letter, which... He goes, oh, no, 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 they can't do this to me. And he goes, I've been a good man, haven't I? I hardly cheated on my taxes. <laughs> Why are they all out to destroy me? <laughs> Jameson. No surprise he's cheating on his taxes. Hardly cheating on his taxes. Hardly cheating on his taxes. So. You ready for the last one uh, of the set? Let's do it. All right. As far as uh, shadowy figures, this figure on the cover is shadowy, right? Yeah, can't really tell who it's going to be by the outline, even though, um, well, the outline exactly looks like Electro, right? <laughs> and it says Electro too. <laughs> From December of 1978, Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 187: The Power of Electro by Wolfman, Jim Starlin, and Bob McGoy. We begin with the most carefree Spider-Man we have ever seen. The police are no longer after him, and there are no criminal syndicates that we know about currently trying to squash him he's trying to squash me so in a seeming effort to find trouble spidey noses around a house guarded by shield agents earlier that day jonah had sent him here to investigate the unusual government activity as he pirouettes into the midst of the cordoned off area he finds captain america the obligatory hero fight occurs with cap telling spidey he needs to leave immediately remarkably Spidey listens and webs away, leaving us to follow Captain America further into the area. All right. The following message from James B. applies to every Marvel team-up issue as well. But here we go. I think Captain America absolutely could have told Spider-Man the exact situation here. But then, of course, we would have had no hero fight and be no mystery for the reader. Because when this is revealed, right, this could have just been told to Spider-Man, right? Didn't you see the post-it sign, Spider-Man? You're not supposed to be here. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why? Why am I not supposed to be here? Because <laughs> let me let me let me go on so everybody can know. Uh, while sneaking around, this is Captain America. We get a grim backstory about how a little boy named Barry is bitten by a rat in his Los Angeles mansion's backyard. Captain America kicks a door down and finds Barry, but guarding him is a wheezing yet powerful Electro. Cap can't handle the decade-old <laughs> villain, but thankfully, Spidey swings in to help with a double punch from our heroes. Electro is in serious trouble, but as he takes Barry hostage, Captain America tells him he's been diseased with the plague. Electro panics and grabs the electric generator in the hope that he will recharge himself and eliminate his deadly plague. However, he overloads himself and blows up. Everyone else escapes alive and S.H.I.E.L.D. covers everything up. Why does Electro kidnap this kid? He really just wants the money. Electro's Electro, remember we first meet him. He's a greedy lineman who will only do jobs for a little extra money that's that's his mo he's greedy and he does constantly talk about money doesn't and, he? and they make sure that you know that this kid was bitten by a rat but he lives in a mansion his his dad's like a an actor or something because they want to make sure you understand he has the million dollars to pay the ransom he's not like his kids living in the uh, slums so they you know they got to get creative how you explain this but yeah he just wants a million bucks because he wants to retire that's I mean, he's electro. Couldn't he, couldn't he just like sell electricity to the power grid for <laughs> a cheaper price? Is that how electro works? I don't know. Maybe he sucks it out of the power grid. I imagine there's like so many characters in Spider-Man, many ways he could make money. Correct. There's a textured shadow to the art in this book and a very different aesthetic. Uh, what do you think of the illustrations, James B.? Change is bad. I did not like it. I I, I thought it gave it a really different vibe. It's kind of this noir feel. The The opening splash page is really dark and very shadowy. I I rather enjoyed it, actually. Uh, particularly, I think it works well when, like, Spider-Man and Captain America are both sneaking around, and oftentimes the background is, like, totally black. So, poo-poo to you. I like this one. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad that it worked out that I'm the negative on some things. Nice nice balance. <laughs> Eddie, today's sponsor is something you're familiar with a little bit, and that's because it's White Dragon's Barbecue Chicken Frozen Dinners. Eddie, most barbecue chicken is batter fried in oil. But listen, Eddie, White Dragon's chicken cooks in flaming oil vats where the chicken and enemy bodies stay below the flame so they don't get overcooked. But listen, that's just one of White Dragon's secrets. What you don't know is the chicken has a tough outer layer, tough like the White Dragon. You need to slice through the layer with a sharp blade to get to the chicken inside. That's great if you happen to drop it on the floor. Let's say someone rings a doorbell and you're scared. Boom, the chicken inside is still safe. White Dragon's Barbecue Chicken Frozen Dinners are available in the freezer of your local grocer or Wawa's. Check it out today. So so we managed to leave the barely C-level villain behind, but his sponsor follows us into this spot, James B. Well, Eddie, uh, overwhelmingly, the sponsor called right back because I do have on good authority, We I can play it, but you actually agreed with the sponsor. It was a rare, you said you'd purchase it, Eddie, it's the freshest chicken. It's it's good stuff. Please check it out. And I okay, encourage our James listeners to as well. I'll, uh, so. Yeah, I'll get one. 
and I they signed, and I got an immediate. I endorsed it. If you could do that more often, I wouldn't need to do sponsor every podcast, Eddie. So, oh, wow. you know, if you don't, oh, you're like, if you know, let's talk less about the enemy bodies and right. talk about the fact that this chicken, Eddie, if you drop it on the floor, will never be overcooked. Yeah, well, will be fine. This is different, chicken. But this is different because remember when Peter dropped his his perfectly good chicken was wasted. Remember that? I do recall. Okay, that's true. But he was startled. This has a has a tough outer layer that you have to crack through to get to the juicy chicken inside. Okay, it's like a flame retardant layer. Sounds like overcooking on the outside and undercooking on the inside. Well, let's say perfectly cooked on the inside. Okay. <laughs> hey, you drop this on the floor, you're going to be thinking, oh my goodness, thank goodness I had this, as I'm opposed not. to regular chicken that you would buy. I'm not eating undercooked floor chicken. Well, that's why we're going to have a new sponsor next episode if you keep up this attitude. So. <laughs> Eddie, these books, is there anything else you want to talk about them? This Electro is such a one-off kind of weirdo book. And it's Captain America. It's not even a Marvel team-up kind of deal because Captain America is totally by himself for many pages. It's, it's a it's a strangely written book. I'm gonna I'm gonna I think we haven't seen I'm gonna call shenanigans right now, Eddie. Um, okay. These artists, if you look at the artists we've been reading about lately, I mean, I've been uh-huh. I've been saying the names, you know, layouts by Pollard and finishes by Esposito. Like, who's Pollard? Look at this one. It was uh, Jim Starlin. I mean, he's going to be a writer. He's yes. going to do some other things. Um, he's going to write, I think, the uh, Death of Captain Marvel uh, graphic novel. And Bob McLeod, uh, McLeod, or however you say this guy's name. But these aren't writers I know. I, I think this is just written as a, this could have been, yeah, it could have been a Marvel team up. And they're like, yeah, slide it over here, right? I mean, although the villain isn't a Marvel team up villain. True. You know, but he's a class A villain, really. And also, right? did they manage to squeeze in the regular plot line into this book? Was there anything? What was going on with the other people? If I look through the oh, notes, did anything happen there? Did we in, in 187 or no? Not really, right? Nothing. Nothing. There is no, it, nothing happened. Okay. So it doesn't even move the plot. So it's really just generic oh. stuff like J. Jonah's mad and Aunt May's in the hospital, all generic y things, right? If, yeah, if even, it. right? Yeah, so it's 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 a one-off. They probably wrote this book, you know, six months earlier, and they just jammed it in here because someone was on vacation. The story will pick up next issue, maybe. So, well, yeah. if people want to tell us, uh, I don't know, people, you know what? Hold on for a second here, Eddie. Let's talk about something here. Okay. Every time I go check the Let's Read Spider-Man at gmail.com, there's nothing from anybody. How? There, there's people listening out there. At least that's what our uh, counter tells us. So I know, but nobody really. It's like I don't know. I think I could, how about one or two people. I could use one or two people saying like, "Hey, good job." But you know, James B is like kind of person. I like I like people that like me. You know what I'm saying? Positive, positive affirmations. It's true. So let's uh, let's put out a little a call to arms. Could could someone could someone please say? Hey, nice job. For upcoming holidays. I mean, I think I think we've gotten like honestly, like not counting people who are on the show, I think we've gotten like four people in fifteen months to actually say like, "Hey, I like what you're doing out there." That's that's a lot of times you having to say this one line for four people. I mean, <laughs> let's get that number up to five. Okay, all right, you ready? Okay, all right, here we go. Right. Here we go. <clears throat> Eddie, how can people reach us? You can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. How about just one more time, just in case they didn't catch it and went by too quick? 
you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. All right. I mean, I'm a little bit of pandering, but come on. You know, we we also have a short podcast. we got to fill a couple of minutes here. So it's a good <laughs> good time to throw that in. Well, I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you have the power to impersonate a cop or impersonate the mayor or you can impersonate the president, don't impersonate any of those people. Don't even impersonate Spider-Man. No, the best person to impersonate is an old lady. Bye. Bye. Here we go. You ready? Okay. Okay. Maybe in episode 150, you could do the intro. <laughs> All right. Uh, hold on. Maybe I said maybe. <laughs> Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting police dialogues. It's just police dialogue every time, sorry. It's always uh, the police. Because it's... Cause always it's the police. Well, because somebody is just copying one thing over and over, and they never check what they're copying, and it's the same exact thing, instead of using, like, the... Def- how entertaining. <laughs> All right. Better is it better Where's or my... worse than me not putting the number of the co- ep- comic? <laughs> yeah, then it, the Amazing it, Spider-Man and, and then the num- 87. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kept doing that in the yeah. other one. It's it's uh <sighs> it's it's different. Let's just say that. <laughs> They'll I'll be like Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man 13 in, <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't make any sense why I'm saying in there, because right. now, it, you know, but it's okay. We just go with it. Here we go. 